This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. Welcome back to uh, Sell My Business in 10 Weeks, the uh, podcast for uh, how to set yourself up with a a business that's ready to sell. I'm Clive Jones, business and executive coach, and I've got with me... uh, Trevor Monaghan, chartered accountant, business valuer, mumbler, all the above. And uh, as those of you who've uh, listened to these podcasts uh, previously will know that Trevor does most of the talking and I just chip in every now and again, so I thought I'd get in first today. Um, so Trevor, today what we're talking about is the uh, target market section and uh, the existing customer database in the information memorandum document that we've uh, got there on the website. Yeah, and we've, we've continued to get some great feedback about our information memorandum template. It's, it's about 100 bucks, and now, as we said in the last episode, the, the idea really is to use this document yourself, fill in the blanks, have a deep hard think about some of the concepts we talk about and prompt you in the document. And then if you do decide to use a broker or sell it yourself or whatever, you've got something there to show people. Um, So, you know, as we said last episode too, it's context is everything. Every section has to be put in context with every other section and in context with what you're trying to achieve with the sale. That's correct. Now, with this section, Trevor, I mean, as as a business coach, I find that... um, a lot of a lot of business owners don't necessarily really know their their marketing strategy or you know a, a huge amount of uh, detailed information about their customers. How much are you suggesting that they should uh, work out for this document? Um, you know, so we, this, the title of this section is target markets and existing customers. I, you know, if I typically get an information memorandum from a broker, I'm, I'm looking at you know sometimes. If it's a B2B type business, uh, business to business for those who don't know what that means, if they've got big customers like a national public company or something like that, you might see them list a couple of high profile customers just to get, you know, give you a feel about what, you know, who they're dealing with as customers. And that's great. I'm not saying don't do that. That's fantastic. The extent to which you want to show individual names of customers and that kind of stuff probably comes down to your comfort around the non-disclosure agreement you've signed with your trust and information, whether you think... Um, and I guess the relationship with those customers, if you think the existing customers you've got, um, you know, aren't poachable and, you know, anyone having a list of those wouldn't, um, wouldn't be able to do anything about it, then tell them, tell them everything. Um, you know, probably a good test is if you look at your website and you've got testimonials from your customers and that kind of stuff, or you've got one of those banners down the, towards the bottom of the screen that goes across with um, or, you know, your, your main customer names and that kind of stuff that you use these days for marketing. Um, you know, you're already saying it there anyway. They've already know. You'll know. You'll know, you'll know whether you're prepared to share that information or not. Yeah, so, you know, do you need the nuts and bolts? It depends. It depends on the context and it depends on who's getting this document. And maybe if this is a document you're going to basically um, give to anybody, maybe you might withhold, withhold some of that information to a later point. But I guess the main thing that I think... The, the first thing I'd want to know as a potential buyer is, you know, how many customers would you have? I mean, are you, mm. are you running a business based on, you know, one or two key clients, you know, that could necessarily pull the plug at some stage? Mm. So if you're looking, remember, if we go back to our business valuation episodes, business valuation is a combination of financial attributes, 
which we basically normalize into an ongoing profitability. And then the second part of that is we then capitalize that by risk adjusted rate of return, which all you need to know there is that more risk, lower value. So we, yeah, exactly right club where you're saying, you know, we've got a customer and we turn over a million dollars and make $500,000 profit. Well, that's, that's great. The numbers say $500,000 profit and that would be nice to have. But what's that, you've got a customer? <laughs> you've got the one? Um, which, you know, might be fine, but you've got to go and have a look at the contract. I know a lot of um, people in the mining services industry in Australia at the moment, and for those overseas listeners, it's pretty much our only industry that makes money in Australia. I'm tongue in cheek there, but that's if you believe the media. And there's a lot of lot of mining services company out there, companies out there that have one customer, a particular mine. And there's a couple of well well known high profile mm. mines that have basically torn up all their contracts with that's subcontractors. It. Yeah. Uh, so you know, yes, you can say sometimes <laughs> that we've got a, a contract to supply. Uh, you know, an ongoing purchase order relationship that goes for the next 10 years, but that can be ripped up. And, and like you say, Trevor, it's, it's the risk. You know, the more clients there are, the, the more spread your uh, risk is. Yeah, but at the same time, um, look at something like a tax, a tax um, agent or an account, a typical accounting firm. I would rather, if I was purchasing another accounting firm, I wouldn't want 10,000 clients at $100 each. But I also wouldn't want one client at you know, a million dollars. It's a balance, isn't it? It's about the balance, and the balance, yeah. balance for you. Now, remember that um, everything's about perception, and you you know it's like when you're giving someone financial advice, you need to understand what their goals are and their adversity to risk, so they can work out a risk, you know, risk reward matrix. So basically, you might find a buyer that loves risk, and is quite happy to pay for it because they see a lot of upside in it. Um, you know, then they might be switched on by, by one or two you know, one or two customers, but most people aren't the, going to be that way. At the end of the day, I think what we're saying here is just to be clear about what you've got in your in your arsenal as as, as a client base, because don't forget, you're, you're looking at selling the business, and if you've got your, you know, several thousand clients that uh, don't spend a huge amount of money with you, um, but you they're, they're good, loyal clients, so they come back time and time again, and you're looking at selling the business to somebody that really desperately just wants to get their hands on your database for other things that they can plug through it, that could add a huge amount of value to your business. So, you know, context is everything because mm. you could, it comes down to the kind of stuff you do with on a day-to-day basis with clients, Clive, you do with systems, you know, if you've got yeah. 50,000 customers paying 100 bucks per year each, well, that in isolation, you, doesn't, you don't know anything really, you don't know enough there, you know, how are you servicing those people? Is it through... Mm an automated website where the, the credit right. card just keeps getting charged mm. and there's no customer service provided. Yep. And that, that could sound like a great business on the face of it now, but mm. what if it was you know, um, a face-to-face meeting once a year where there's work involved mm. pre and post, which is something like a tax return. Yep. Um, so you know, again, the whole idea is that when you talk about these things, try to understand that you, you, this document is to persuade somebody about your point of view of the business and how does it fit into the full persuasive conversation. If you've got lots of customers or not many, or if you're gonna name them or not name them, that just has to fit in. And in this section, you might even put a bit more detail where relevant, um, don't just assume. The other thing, as we always say, don't assume that they're going to read a section later on and put this, put the pieces together because they might not get past this page. The flip side of all this discussion around the target markets too is, um, how well do you know that 
the answers to all those questions, you know, if somebody's coming in to buy the business, they'd, they'd like to know that you've got a good amount of uh, information about your marketplace so you fully understand, you know, really where your target markets lie and uh, as much information as you can uh, as you have about your existing client base. And, and like, the critical thing you said a couple of minutes ago there, Clive, you might, they might be looking at basically going in and mining a database. Mm. Uh, again, using the tax example because it's a very simple example. So, if you were an ITP or a H&R block, um, if if that was the situation that you had, then what would happen? Just ignore that phone call. Let's just prove we're in a real office. We, <laughs> we don't work in our pajamas in our bedrooms. But if you were if you were H&R block or ITP and you had you know X amount of uh, I returns at your location, individual returns. Sorry, a bit of jargon there. And you were selling maybe to somebody that did mortgages, for example. You know, you have to flesh out in this, you know, in this kind of section who, who the customers are, what are they buying now, so that they can fill in the blanks about what the upselling opportunities might be. Because remember, people want to feel like they're buying your business at a discount because they can make more than you made. And there's no better way of doing that by having synergies where they can basically bolt on existing services that they already do at a profit to your customers without having to you know, spend any more money to acquire them other than buy them off you. Um, so if you think about it, if something like a mortgage company might make you know, $1,000 per mortgage transaction, uh, well, you might have only made $100 or $200 on a tax return. There's a huge upside for that. There's a lot of value there. But again, if, that, you know, if, if I was in that situation, I was trying to sell to that kind of mortgage company, I would create this whole document just for them. And I would say, you know, the document would be all about how buying my business would make great sense for a mortgage company or a mortgage broker. Mm. And and every section, not just this section, but every section would be tailored towards convincing that, that person, that particular type of buyer, that this is the best value. So yeah, existing customers is relevant so that you can talk about upselling opportunities so that they can put the whole thing in context. Now, the other part of this section is not just listing out the nuts and bolts of who the customers are and deciding how much information to share. It's all also about target markets. Because if I said to you, um, who does a business coach serve or service? Very, very broad question because there's different types of business coaches. Definitely, yeah. There's ones that do systems like you do, Clive, and executive coaching, and there's ones that just might do uh, IT consulting. Yeah, they might select the uh, all the head stuff they might look just look at um, team or so HR or, or life coaching yeah. um, or they might do you know um, time management as sort of an emphasis and all that kind of stuff and so they, what they actually do on a day-to-day basis, day-to-day basis in terms of the services and products as well as the types of customers they've got the way that they invoice the customers you know, all that kind of stuff um, is not clearly evident by just saying you know the, the the nuts and bolts about the business, the you know the background of the business, the, the, the trading name, etc. So I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get to here is when I'm consulting with someone or when I'm valuing a business and I'm looking at it, I I want to see that the business, the business, the current owners have actually looked at the whole marketplace and done the hard work for me in that they've sifted, sorted, and screened all of the potential customers in their marketplace. And they've narrowed it down to the ones that um, they can provide the most value to in the most profitable way. Because then, again, we come back to you know profitability and risk are the two big things in evaluation. If you can sort of show me that because of you have targeted down to niche markets 
through that your profitability is improved. I'm not going to be wasting my time chasing everybody else. Yeah, and so you and you've got that that whole risk, you know. And again, if you're just in a very tiny niche and there's only a few customers, that might be a bit of a risk problem. But if you could show that you've actually got three or four different sub niches that all sort of rely on different marketing or, or have different uh, relationships with the economy, so you might have some health services, some seasonal things, and yeah. You know, you might have a bit in the mining industry in terms of customers, you might have a bit in services. Yeah, and they, they're totally different niches, but they sort of all gel together under the system. Um, you know, you've got, you know, automation within it where, where you can, you know, it tells me as someone looking in that you've, you've done a lot of work um, in the thinking department, not just in the hard work stakes. You don't want to get a business that's been, you know, driven into the ground and already squeezed every customer for every cent they've got. You want to feel like you're stepping into, you know, a well-oiled machine um, albeit with some future opportunity. And so and this is a general thing for, for anybody in business, not just, we're not just talking about selling here. We don't see, and I'm interested to get your take on this, Clive, but I don't personally see enough people that even think um, isolating target markets within a wider market is even a relevant conversation to have in business. Definitely not. Um, I, th- I think... More, more of what I see, Trevor, is uh, no real targeted marketing at all. It's a very, very ad hoc shotgun approach, um, and poor understanding of how to actually uh, segment out the market to, uh, you know, fire the silver bullet and and. It's like when you see you see companies that start getting a bit larger and they have a marketing department. Um, you know, they have. You hear, you hear things like, oh, no, I, I don't look after that. That's nothing to do with me. That The, the marketing or the sales guy does that um, as if it's some kind of thing that can happen in it's, isolation. It's a job, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's a bit of that, you know, people sort of, because yeah. generally salespeople and marketers don't have too much in the way of formal education <laughs> or qualifications most of the time. I think there's that bit of, but I th- you know, everybody's got to understand if the marketing doesn't do its job, no one's got anything else to do. There's no customers to serve. So, you know, this is a bit of a rant about marketing generally, um, but it's it's so important in, in terms of your, your general running of the business as you get it ready for sale because you want to make as much profit as you can to show a buyer you can make profit and you want to show that the, the buyer that you've um, done the hard work to narrow it down to, you know, because, you know, if, if again, if I was buying something, something like an accounting practice and all they did was they serviced, let's say, medical professionals, um, and I could see they've got a decent customer base there. They've created some good marketing, maybe some niche websites, maybe a podcast about how to save taxi for a doctor or how to structure your, your practice entity. If I'm buying into that, that's given me great clarity around this business. I'm thinking, okay, these people are onto something. They're obviously making profit doing it. I don't need to come in and, and think and reinvent the world. It's already working. You might also be offering me opportunities to even make that even better. Um, you know, again, you know, I don't want to buy a perfect business, and it, you know, it doesn't exist. But you need to show me as a buyer there is room to improve. Mm. But, you know, the fact that there is target marketing happening, um, it, it makes me feel better about the whole transaction. From yeah, definitely. Buyer. I mean, in, in a future podcast, we'll talk about the marketing strategies around all this. But um, yeah, I think I think the key thing is just to make sure that we have a full understanding of who we really are aiming our business at and whether we've done it in the past, what sort of database we have um, relevant to that as well to, to help you as the, or you know, help the prospective buyer 
move ahead on a strong footing. Mm. And in sort of a related issue, this is not something you put in your document, but you know, in terms of target marketing your business for sale, you know, let's not let's not forget about that. You know, this is this is sell my business in ten weeks com. You know, if you're going to find a buyer quickly, you need to really start with a wide net and very quickly narrow that down. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, there might be a hundred thousand people out there in the next month that would consider buying your business. You can't talk to a hundred thousand people. That's if right. you if you wanted to wait to talk to everybody mm-hmm. before you sold it, you'd be it's taking yeah. t- ten lifetimes, not ten weeks. So, you know you, you might have some target buyers that you could actually write it, write this document, prepare the document for, and uh, take it straight to them. Yeah, so, and as I said before, you potentially will have, and I've said this on different podcasts, you potentially have different information memorandums for different types of buyers, depending on what that type of buyer would need to see to see the most value in the business. And again, we're not saying this, you're not telling people what to do. We're just making suggestions that based on what we see and the crap that comes out from business brokers generally, and there's some good ones, but generally it's a, it's, it's a boilerplate, basic details, phone number, colour of the paint, how many chairs, and it just it's uninspiring and nobody's ever paid um, what a business is worth when they've been given crap like that from a broker. Mm-hmm. And that, so, you know, take, take this advice or it's, leave it's, it. It's like, um, you know, if, if I was to be looking at buying a car and all I read was the specifications, didn't look at any pictures, didn't get in it to sort of feel it, smell it. Didn't, you know, weren't told what celebrity used to own the car before you. All that sort of stuff, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you know, we're going to move on now. Now, you know, we suggest if you haven't already, go and purchase the information memorandum template. Go to that section about target markets and existing customers. Have a look through that and think about your own existing customers. Funnily, we're, we're, we're recording this podcast today all morning. Before we've done this, I've actually been going through my own customer database and segmenting my customers into different um, purchasing um, categories, different types of services they get with an eye of then um, having conversations with each of my customers about what other services they might want to buy. This is something that you do in your business, whether you're selling it or not, and you should be doing regularly. Um, it's just funny that I've been doing it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, having done it today, it's amazing how you sort of, uh, I guess the one thing that comes out when you start segmenting customers and looking, and probably segmenting is a bad word, but when you start, you know, the way I look at it, who, who am I not providing service to that deserves it is, is sort of the emphasis that I look at. Who, who mm-hmm. you typically tend to over-service the people that demand service the most and they seem to be people that pay the least. Yep, and the flip side, you're under-servicing the ones that should be serviced. Yeah, that have got the most of value, mm. you know, most to gain, and will probably, you know, whether they pay the most or not, it doesn't matter, they've got the most to gain from your advice. Now, this is a bit of a side topic, so we'll leave it here for today. I just thought it was an interesting observation, given I was just doing it this morning. It's good to see that you walk in the talk. You're trying to, it, from my seat, sitting the talk. <laughs> okay, so, you know, in the next episode, we're gonna talk about solutions. And you know that's you know the products, products and services. Products and services. So again, it comes down to that whole context thing. You know, what kind of business are you within your thing? Are you you know are you a plumber? But what what exactly do you do? And that kind of that kind of thing. Make it self evident to people so they don't have to make any assumptions. Um, so that will be on the next episode. Anything? Any closing comments, Clive? Anything? Anything nice to say about me? Or uh, nothing at all, Trevor. Uh, no, sorry. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have um, thought so. <laughs> on that note, see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember the advice is only general in nature. 
But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.